Good morning or good afternoon. This is uh, the other side of the pulpit with Jeff and John. I'm Jeff and he's John. Um, John's a huh? And you're not. And you're not. That's right. Whoever you are, you may be Jeff and John. Um, But we're the other side of the pulpit and John's a preacher's kid and I'm a preacher and and, uh, with kids. And so we try to, we sit, get together and talk about God and the Bible and stuff. We've been talking about um, faith and and that you can have faith in anything, that the object of your faith needs to be God, but the, the people have faith in all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we've been talking about how preachers are people too. Um, and just because somebody is a preacher or a deacon doesn't mean that they're sin-free. It just means they're striving to serve and glorify God if they're godly people. And, and it um, also means that they don't have all the answers. And they don't have all the answers, exactly. Which is what brought this other side of the pulpit out. Yes, we uh, we try to discover things and, and read and, and, and look at the, the Bible and the way that it was written and when it was written and discover things, discover or get deeper in the Word, not discover, but get deeper in God's Word. Well, I'm open with prayer and then me and John are going to break into our little normal discussion that we have and then we will... Uh, um, we just have these discussions, and you're just going to be a part of it, a solid partner, so to speak. Anyway, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you, Father, for this day as we come together to to discuss your word. Father, open our hearts up that we can receive your message, Lord. And we ask you to be with each person that may listen to this. And uh, Lord, that we ask you to to guide us in every step of our of our day and of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, John, what you got for us? We're going to continue where we left off last week so the last three weeks are kind of well we skipped a week because i was out of town labor day weekend so it'd be the last four weeks but the last three certain things we had we're gonna we've been talking about the same sort of thing so we're gonna continue where we left off so ready set go well it'd probably be good to just kind of touch up on what we actually been talking about and there's so so many things that came in like, what does it mean to be a person of faith? What mm-hmm. exactly does that mean? And it's like, okay. And it came out again. I was watching uh, something off right after Huckabee last night with Mike Rowe in it. Uh, what was the name of that program? Dirty Somebody, Jobs. No, somebody's got to do it. I mean, okay. Because he's, he's taken his Dirty Jobs thing and transferred it. He's doing it himself now. Ah, okay. And it's 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 actually a regular thing on TBN that comes on right after Huckabee every week when Mike Huckabee has his programs. And right after that, Mike Rowe comes on with his thing. And, and anyway, long story short, what it was, he was in a place where uh, they make tables. And the way this thing got started is this dude had lost, had a construction business and pretty much when the uh, bottom fell out of the economy, which is all Donald Trump's fault, even though it happened to him before whatever. <laughs> Yeah, before Trump. Before Trump ever got in the office. Uh, figure that one out. I'm not sure. I don't know. Society, thank you. But uh, he he began to, to go back on his heritage, if you want to call it that, about how his granddad had taught him how to do things and be a carpenter and a craftsman. And, uh, he just ran across this guy as he was trying to, you know, resurrect his own, you know, his own financial situation and realized that he couldn't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. So he started this, he started making tables out of reclaimed wood, which 
somebody's tear it old house down, they don't care whether you haul it off or not. That's right. So anyway, long story short, what he did is is he started he he found these people that were in like rehab programs, uh, homeless guys, and he he started putting them to work. Mm-hmm. Well, the the gist of the thing is this group of about eight or ten guys were sitting around this table talking with Mike Rowe after everything was over, and just this beautiful, beautiful reclaimed table that they'd taken and planed the wood down and made this, you know. And, and, and what he was talking about was trying to bring a sense of family back. Mm-hmm. And how else do you do it? But what Scripture says is when you sit down and break bread with somebody, mm-hmm. You, you develop a sense of camaraderie with them. That's right. And that's that was the genesis of of the thought process behind if he could get these people around his table and communing and, and, and talking with each other. Well, out of that came this 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 phrase that you and I've been talking about for the last two sessions or mm-hmm. programs or whatever you want to call was being a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Which Every one of those men around that table claimed that they were a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what it meant. Who did they believe in? Well, some of them believed in, you know, the, the, the humanity that as a human you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. or You know, whatever it was that they believed, they mm-hmm. all claimed to be a person of faith. And I, I, I thought about it at this point, I began to realize at that point, that what we're talking about here, with this being a person of faith, whether it's in Hindi or, or Sikh or Muslim or, or you, you get the picture, mm-hmm. uh, a, a New Age movement, Middle Eastern religion, uh, Baptist, Southern Baptist, which we can't say that anymore, but uh, Presbyterian, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever moniker or label that you put on, all of these people say that they are a person of faith. Why? Because what is faith? Faith is believing in something. Mm-hmm. They have a higher authority, a power mm-hmm. that exists outside of themselves, which if you go back to the 12-step program of uh, AA, it basically encompasses the same thing. It's You have to put your, yourself under subjection to a higher authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a person of faith. Doesn't mean it's right faith. That's right. It doesn't mean it's a a, a, a bad thing right. because it brings positive results out of that. But even in secular humanism, you you have a faith in something that is inside of you that it was instilled in you somewhere at some point in yeah, time right. that you turn that to. Mm-hmm. You can be a person of faith and do that. Yes. That's why we got so many athletes. Mm-hmm. That are just tremendous. Because what it, what is that mentality? That psychological, philosophical process that they go through in training themselves to focus themselves enough to become extremely good at what they do. Yep. And if you look at those people in each and every case, they become extremely good at what they do. Why? Because they focus everything within them on that one skill. Mm-hmm. I tried that with math and I couldn't do it. <laughs> Some things are just impossible, you know. The, but, and I agree. There are. You're right, um, but it, with athletes and like you just said with math, 
there's certain things that, that you can't do. You can't do. And even if you focus all your energy on it, you're still never going to succeed at it because you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the athletes, they can do it, and so they focus all their energy. Now, many, not all, but many of the athletes barely get by in school, but they mm-hmm. do real good with sports. Mm-hmm. Um and that's because they focus their energy on sports and not school. Which is why they get by in school, because they're such good athletes. Yes, and that still goes on today, and I know that for Absolutely. a fact. But, um, but all in all, you know, if you're focusing all your energy on something, you're right. It, mm-hmm. you, you are better at it than if you don't focus. Even if, you're not, even if you don't become a professional at it, you're still better at it than what you would be. Mm-hmm. And then everything else kind of goes by the wayside. It would be nice to find what you're good at and focus that energy on that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and I think if you focused everything on God, you would find that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you would find what you're good at and be able to do it. Well, what, what does he tell us in, in Jeremiah? Uh, I'm going to look it up. I know where it's at. <laughs> look it up. I'm going to look it up. It's, it's Jeremiah 29. It's like, a. Um, people that are good at different different things, and, and uh, I have a friend of mine that can grow. He can grow pretty much anything he wants to grow, and he loves growing things. And he plants things. He knows all about plants and and he and stuff like that. But um, you know, he he does. He he pots plants and grows the plants. And he and then what he, what does he do? He takes care of the flowers around his church. <laughs> what? I mean, he, said, he told he said, "Man, I, he goes. I just looked in the front of that church and said, and told one to tell the preacher said, look, I'll just I'll buy it and take care of it if you'll let me do it.'" <laughs> I, I completely understand. And, and listen, in in coming around to that, in coming around to that, it made me begin to understand what this meant and and how far removed, but yet how deceptively close to what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. This thought process of being a person of faith actually is. Yes. Because cause in, in this thought process, there's so much that has figured into this. Mm-hmm. It's like when you see a a, 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 a a person that claims to be a person of God that stands up in a pulpit that has a huge congregation of a very historic uh, facility, and, and, and yet as they stand up, they say they're preaching the gospel. But yet at the same time, their political views, and you're, it's not just one person I'm singling out. Mm-hmm. But they have these political views that are absolutely, 100%, unquestionably, not in harmony with the Word of God. How mm-hmm. can you say that you're a person of faith and correct faith, standing up in front of a bunch of people and being so liberal about what the Word of God says? Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. All right, what they're doing is they've taken that, that so-called person of faith and they have focused all of that on one aspect of the Scripture, which is the positive aspect. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not, con- I'm, I'm not condemning or condoning either way. But what you've got to do is you've got to take this book as a whole. It, you're right. You're absolutely right. And... There are preachers out there that don't have big congregations that have small congregations that are preaching from the pulpit that are exactly the same way. They don't preach the whole Bible. They preach, and then they're very liberal with how they feel. And, you know, Jesus ate with the sinners to bring the sinners to faith. He didn't eat with the sinners to become a sinner. 
Right. He ate with the sinners so that he could bring them to believe in him. Exactly. And to believe right. in God and to have salvation. And so many of these preachers are changing it around, saying, hey, look, you can be a Christian and be a part of the world. Because look, Jesus ate with the sinners, but he ate with them to get them. He didn't eat with them to become them. That's right. And there's a that's difference. Right. And that's and there's people that are, that are taking just that aspect of the Bible and putting it in place uh, and, and being... It blows my mind that you can be liberal in today's standards and be a Christian. I mean, you know, maybe you could have been liberal 50, 60, 70 years ago and still be a Christian because the liberal movement wasn't as liberal as it is now. But, well, see, that that right there comes under that adulteration of taking that, that gospel of grace that Paul preached mm-hmm. and adulterating it and taking it like a blob of clay, which they refer to so much. Taking that blob of clay and forming it into your own God and into your own mm-hmm. religion and forming that into what you believe, which is, which is it's, it's, it's vital. Yeah. We... we we in this society today and in the church in general as a whole, we have taken God's Word and formed it into something that we can digest, that pleases us, that fits our program, that fits our agenda, that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they take, you take a, a passage like this, it's, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, and it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, isn't that a positive thinking message? Mm-hmm. All right, but let's go on. Verse 12, it says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's where they stop. Yep. They stop before they get to 13. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 14 says, let me, let me read back in 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you. See, that's where they take this word and they begin to convolute it and twist it around. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Israel. Mm-hmm talking to his chosen people who have been scattered and who have gotten away from him and are worshiping in idolatry. But yet they don't go far enough in it to realize that this is a total package. You can't just take one roll out of the, the you know, out of the, out of the package and make a meal out of it. That's right. You, it, it's, it's like, Jeff, it's like making a pie. Mm-hmm. How many times do you watch your mother make a pie? And what'd she do? She'd reach over and she'd sample it. Mm-hmm. You don't get nourishment out of sampling. That's right. You don't get the nourishment out of the pie till you take the whole pie. That's right. But yet you got to try it. This is what they're doing. They're trying it. They're trying it. Oh, that tastes good, so I'm going to just eat that. Well, look, if that was the case, then just put a bowl of sugar on the table and forget about it, you know? That's right. Look, David Platt... Uh, 
Stephanie was reading something and she said that, that and she told me the person who quoted David Platt and I can't remember and I'm not going to quote it word for word but David Platt was uh, was quoted as saying um, we need to figure out people need to figure out our Christians need to figure out if they're following the Bible or American theology. Absolutely. I think that's how he put it. Amer- I think that's that's real close. Basically what he was saying is we have we've taken that Bible and set it aside and thought this is what we're doing as Absolutely. Americans. This is what we believe and this is who we are. And that in that in itself is taking the, our faith away from God and focusing it on ourselves and our country. And Absolutely. and there's such a, a a divide in our nation right now that's worse than any other place that, that you all the places I've been there's not a divide like there is now um, and it's not Jeff it's it when you look at the very core of that divide it's not been caused by a person Mm-mm. it's been caused by forces that people are failing to look at that refuse to look at. That, that they in their minds and in, in all of the thinking that, that's been shot into our educational system now, you there's no outside. Look, there's two forces. Mm-hmm. God and Satan. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Satan, you got to understand, he's still a created being. Mm-hmm. God's not a created being. Right. God created Satan. Mm-hmm. But yet Satan's trying to overcome God. Yeah, and he's going to take what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. Is he took God's creation from Adam and completely perverted it? Mm-hmm. Everything that we live in as human beings that came out of that perfect creation of God has been convoluted. It's been twisted. It's been diluted. It's been diluted. Yeah, it's been twisted and turned and and and. That's why we're seeing things through such a a, a messed up prism. Mm-hmm. It's because it's been so 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 twisted, and it's just subtle little things. Oh yeah, it's subtle. If you notice in the Bible, in Genesis chapter three, when it the precursor to the fall of man is, it says the subtleness of the mm-hmm. devil mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the serpent, mm-hmm. and how subtle it is. Um, it's like bullet, like you said, bullying a frog. Things happen, um, and it happens so gradual you don't notice it. I, you're older than I am, so I know you've experienced this because I can tell. Um, but as you get older, you get these little spots that just show up. They're called age spots, I guess, is what uh, what the old people used to tell me they called. You and I both got them on us, and uh, I had some appear on my face, and I I noticed I was like. Hey, there's something right there on the side of my head. I, oh, man. You know, it was six months later before anybody else in my family noticed it. It was just, it was just so subtle, and it had to get to a certain size before they noticed it. It just stuff is so subtle. And... And that's the way the the devil is with the world. He just gradually brings it in very subtle. And things and, and and it's what happens is people don't recognize it until they're in the middle of it, 
And then I, I firmly believe that there's a lot of people that, that will not change because they don't want to admit they're wrong. Absolutely. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. I was in a I was in a class with <laughs> with a guy with and uh and me and one other guy were disagreed with everybody else in the class and the professor said, "Okay, let me sh- let me ask you this question." And he asked a simple question and I went, "Okay, I I I realized the error of my ways, so I just didn't say anything else." Mm-hmm. But the guy's name was Moses. It was that me and him agreed, and, yeah. and he said Moses wanted to argue about it. And so the professor said, uh, "said uh, Jeff, do you want to help your, your your buddy Moses over there?" I said, "No, I have seen the error of my ways, and I have now <laughs> repented." And uh, I believe that, and, and everybody in the class started laughing. But and Moses by, fell out of his chair laughing. He goes, "Brother, you got to stick with me." I said, "No." I said, if nothing else, I'll admit when I'm wrong and move forward so I can learn. And Moses goes, I'm going down with a fight. <laughs> and he <laughs> laughed. And the whole class was laughing about it. And But the whole point is, that's the, that's the way people are. Yep. They'd, rather, they'd rather die wrong, defending their wrongness Absolutely. than admit their wrongness Absolutely. and be right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wonder, I don't know, I never talked to Stephen Hawking. I just know that what Stephen Hawking, to his dying breath, what I heard about him was that he was atheist. Mm-hmm. And he believed in in, um, in um, evolution and all that. And, and I wonder if somewhere along the way he didn't realize there was a God mm-hmm. and just never wanted to admit it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll I'm, I'll agree with you on that. Oh, and you know you you brought that up, but but it, when you go back and you look at uh, uh, Einstein, mm-hmm. Einstein had a disdained view of a lot of preachers, and the reason being is because of what you just said right mm-hmm. there. It's not that he didn't want to admit; it's that they wouldn't admit it. Because Einstein, in, in, in his brilliant mind, I think he realized that there was a being that was so much greater than what was being presented to him. Mm-hmm. Because he understood what, what all this creation and all this was yeah. about. And, and what they were presenting to him was such a diluted and diluted version of what he could actually see mm-hmm. that he didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. Now, I'm not saying he was a religious man, okay? I'm not, not whatsoever. But see, you can be a religious person. You can be the most moral person on the face of the earth and still go to hell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can be the most, as Paul, as it was proven by Paul, you can be the most awful person on the face of the earth. And go to heaven. And go to heaven. Not only go to heaven, but be the leader of the, of the New Testament church. But there has to come that there has to repentance. come to that point. There has to come repentance. Without repentance, there is no salvation. Oh man, you just led me right into next week. Well, you got to. I mean, there's just nothing else you can do about it. Without repentance, there's there's no. And the reason why I say that is because if you just accept Jesus as the Son of the Living God and die on the cross for for the remission of sins. 
The devil knows that. He was there. He, he saw it all. He, 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 he literally it saw it. He, he was the one that instigated all of that. Yes. But then you turn, so, and in fact, in the book of James, it says you believe there's one God, you do well. The devil that believes and trembles. And trembles. And, and, and he knows scripture. He knows this book better than Ravi Zacharias. Yes. He knows the book better than every preacher that's ever lived. I completely agree with you. Put together. <laughs> Therefore, he knows how he knows what he can and can't take and use and twist and contort, mm-hmm. just like's been done today. Yes. Uh, this the, this current political agenda and everything that is just focused on it it it's gonna fail. Yep. It is going to absolutely catastrophically fail because it's based on man trying to straighten man out and corruption cannot straighten corruption out. Mm-hmm. It can't do it. And, and it's like I, I made a statement to a young guy one time. He was talking about, well, the law says this and the law says this. I'm thinking, wait a minute, think about this, y'all. The law... In and of itself, and the Bible proves this, the Bible explicitly brings this out, especially when you get into Paul's writings, that the law, in and of itself, number one, it has no common sense. Mm-hmm. All it has is itself to obey. Mm-hmm. You either obey it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I both know as human beings, you cannot perfectly obey the law. That's right. I'm not talking about Christian. I'm not talking, I'm talking about just as human beings. That's right. And, and I can sit right here, right now, is in according to the law, I can make you a habitual offender. You don't have to prove it to me because I know it. Look, that this is. I can make every cop in the cop car out here riding around a habitual offender. Now, what does that do? That means he gets his driver's license pulled, right? Yes. Loses his privileges. Everybody, no, it's, it is difficult to go by all the laws. And then, and sometimes the laws get kind of swept under the table, but they're still on the books. They're still on the and books. And there's still laws out there. I read a book one time that says laws are still on the books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, one of the things said, and I'll never forget it because I thought this is hilarious, knowing the traffic out in California, it said you cannot herd more than 100 sheep through downtown Los Angeles during rush hour. That makes sense. And I'm like, I'm going to go get 95 sheep and herd them through downtown. Legally, I can do it. Let me tell you another one I found out, speaking of that. Did you know that if you get more than three cars on any one section of the highway, somebody's going to get offended and somebody's going to break a law. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get in somebody's way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my wife, she thinks that she, thinks that she should have been a race car driver. Mm-hmm. She thinks that, that people on the road is somebody to pass. <laughs> I got my hand up. <laughs> if she's not, if she sees somebody in front of her, then she's not leading the pack. She's got to pass them. <laughs> Look, <laughs> here's the thing. I had somebody tell me, they go, oh, I'm a, I'm a rule follower. I said, mm-hmm. oh, I guarantee you're not a rule follower. I said, I said, so in your life, have you ever drove faster than the speed, the posted speed limit. And they looked at me. I said, I'm serious. I mean, if you drive, if the speed limit says 55 and you're going 56, you are literally breaking the law because it says speed limit, not speed suggestion. Mm-hmm. 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 
And I if said, you go half a mile an hour over, you broke it. Yes. So I said, you break, you break the law. I said, rule follow. I said, so I said, uh, if you, I, and I went through kind of different th- scenarios. I was like, you know, if you, if you say you're going to pay the payments and then you're late paying it, you don't pay it when it's the posted time. You're you're wrong. You're wrong because you said you'd pay it on the first and you paid it on the fifth. You you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I said that's called a grace period, but the rule is you paid on the by the first. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of looked at me, and I just I went through a bunch of different scenarios. I said if you've ever not come to a complete stop, if you've ever given it gas to get through a yellow light before it turns red, if you if you've ever if you've ever done stuff like that, you broke the law. Mm-hmm. And 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 I said. The law that I told my kids it was okay to break was to help somebody, not just to be going to do it. Mm-hmm. I said, if there's, you know, you're not supposed to have somebody in your car until you're um, six, ten, until you've had your driver's license for six months. Mm-hmm. And I said, and, and Madison called me one day and said, Dad, so and so's parents aren't here to pick him up, pick her up. And I said, Well, are you going to stay with him? Said. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a while. They're on the way home. Can I just drop them at their house? And I mm-hmm. said, absolutely, because it was safer for them to leave the ballpark and drive her home than it was to stay at the ballpark by themselves. And there's a perfect example of law and common sense. Yes, but that person dogged me because they oh, no, you got to follow the rules. And I'm like, everybody breaks the rules. The the Ten Commandments, everybody has broke. And that's why they were given, is to show people you can't keep the law. Out of your own efforts, you are completely unrighteous. That's right. And and therefore, when you put your faith in God, He gives you that grace to cover that. Mm -hmm. And that's like paying a bill. It's due on the first. You You don't get a fine to the... Eighth or whatever, I don't know. I try not to get. I try not to have to pay those late fees because they'll eat you alive. They'll eat you alive. So, you, you, you know, that's called a grace period. And when you receive Jesus as as your Savior, you have grace, so that when you fall short of the law, when you fall short of the law, you're not condemned. You're not condemned. Why? Why aren't you condemned? Because you're such a flawed failed individual and he knows it that's why he provided that grace however it's not to abuse it that's what i was about to say it's there comes a point where god's going to say you're abusing my grace and i'm going to have to take i'm going to have to teach you a lesson Mm -hmm. i'm going to have to do something to bring you back i just think about this the worst wildfires that have that has been in the california area Happens the same in the hit that I was the news media that I watched said this is the worst wildfires that that uh, California has ever seen, mm-hmm. and it's the same year that they that they said that pedophilia is a sexual orientation and and should not be illegal. Absolutely. Is there something to that? Is there is there a correlation? Is God saying, "Hey, look"? Let me get your attention. This pandemic that we supposedly have that is 
is being exaggerated by the media. This morning there was twenty three thousand and let about twenty three thousand something three hundred something people in the state of Georgia that currently have based on the the health department's mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. and that it, currently have this COVID nineteen, but yet it's being exaggerated. But but in in essence, is it not trying they we they shut down sports bars. They shut down, tried to shut down churches, and what did we do? We missed services here, but I'm reaching more people on the internet than we ever reached mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but it's but you know what's funny? I posted my son uh, fixed a, a 1980 Jeep that had not been that had not been cranked in in over ten years, and he got it running, and I had a. 10 seconds clip of him ride, driving it going, Mason got it running. Mm-hmm. And there's been like 240 something views and on it, on that 10 second video and the average views that I get for a, a sermon is probably about 70 to 80. It's amazing. It is. Amazing. Um, so, but, but in essence, what I'm getting at is um, they didn't shut the church down. They just changed the way church did. And I think some of the churches kind of sat back and went, what am I doing? How am I? I'm not. If I was reaching more people, now I'm reaching more. I'm literally reaching more people than I've reached before. I have people call me all the time, or text me, or send me messages about me being on the internet. And and truth be told, I'm reaching more people than preaching in the church. And they love the devotions I do every day. And it's and and I and I pray about it. like Lord, how can I be an encouragement to people and get your word out in in five minutes or less. And and people watch that stuff, and I usually I have I have about forty to fifty um, minimum, and usually it get like I say it's around eighty to ninety is an average following that I don't I would never have had without this COVID nineteen. Yeah. So God has used things like this to get people back to where they were. Why? Because there's a grace period, yeah. but He gets tired of, of us abusing His grace, just like you said, abusing His grace and. And now here we are. Um, I think God's getting our attention. Yeah. Yeah. You love football and fishing and hunting and 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 shopping more than you love me. Yeah. And, and I'll making, show you something. Making 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 me just a part of your repertoire, yes. your portfolio of life is making me the central focus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we have run quite a bit over. Have we answered our question yet? I don't know. I don't think we have. I, I, this is this is why when we get on the phone and have these discussions, we talk for two or three hours because we we talk about this stuff and we finally get to the resolution. But it, it's it, it, we have to work through the process. So everybody that's li- that maybe we listen to this, go back and listen to the last three uh, things if you have not the three programs or whatever they're called, and and um, and this is what we this is how we go through the process. And this is why Jeff's wife continuously says, Jeff, just hang up. You gotta go. You need to stop. I know. Just tell John to hang up. And John's wife goes, Jeff, you have a wife at home that loves you, you need to go home. <laughs> She's only said that to me a couple of times. Listen listen with this. Romans chapter six, verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? There you go. That's a good place to end. That's a good thought too. We should be 
we should be away from sin and not trying to sin, but trying to serve God. We fall short, and that's where His grace comes in. Um, but anyway, all right. Let's, yeah. let's realize that grace covers our mistakes. It just does not permit us to continue living in them. That's right. Boy, that's opening up another worm right there. It is. How about close this in prayer, John, and we'll pick up again next week. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity. To, that even the technology is as perverted as it can get to, that allows us to do what we're doing right now. And I just pray that some somebody somewhere out there that's listening to this stuff will go, you know, those guys are just as messed up as I am in a lot of areas. Uh, let's see if we can't get together. Mm-hmm. And figure this thing out because I I don't I don't have it figured out, Lord. And you will you perfectly know that, uh, and I'm just trying, Lord, to figure it out so I can help others do the same thing. Go with us in in what we have to do today and lead and guide and direct us and keep our hearts and minds focused on you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.